We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Nice Trade Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by our friends over at American Prodigy, North One, Indeed, Pepsi, and Bets Online. Week 14, folks, is in the books. The first week of many people's playoffs is in the books. And this evening, I am joined by my lovely American co-host. Uh, he's not Canadian. I, I, was, I was going for a different word there, and American came out. My lovely American, American co-host, Dan Sanyo. How's it going, right, Dan? Uh, it's good. You know, here in southern Canada, um, you know, just slightly less American in Minnesota. But, no, it's good. Um, fantasy playoffs are going okay. I think I only have one matchup to sweat at this point where I need uh, – Good old Marquise Brown to score fewer than 11 points to move on. Otherwise, I'll be moving on everywhere else that I made the playoffs, I believe. And, um, yeah, some some more interesting storylines, some, some quarterback 
news. We've got some random risers, a couple players that I didn't think were very good having nice weeks. And yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I noticed uh, on Twitter your playoffs may not be going so hot, though. <laughs> I was going to uh, read off this tweet uh, for you from at and on Twitter. You may have heard of him. Uh, amazing, amazingly bad playoffs for me in Dynasty so far. 12 total leagues have playoffs. Made the playoffs in 8 out of 12. Seems like pretty good, Dan. 8 out of yeah. 12 playoffs. Solid. Not, Solid. not bad. Okay. In two of those, the playoffs started in week 12. Lost both of those. In one of those, playoffs started in week 13. I had a bye. So in week 14, I lost. And five of the eight f- had week 14 playoff starts. One of them I had a bye. And I lost the other four. That's right. You heard it. Out of seven total leagues, my first game that I've played in the playoffs, I have lost every single one of them. <laughs> Yikes. So Santa is not going to be nice to uh, to Nathan uh, this coming commissioners. That's um, that's no good. That, that is no good. Uh, yeah, and, and it's we... all because of Mike Williams. And Noah Fant. Two bagels that just destroyed me. <laughs> How many times do we have to have the Mike Williams conversation? He is a best ball only asset. Get him out of your your lineup setting leagues. Oh, boy. Uh, you want to get them out of your lineup. might want to get Mike Williams out of your lineup setting leagues. But we want to get in with our friends over at North One. American businesses spend too much time trying to manage their money when they should be focusing on growing their business and they need a bank account that makes the hardest part of running their business easy. Why choose North One, you ask? Well, North One has spoken to thousands of business owners across the country to come up with a banking product that was built to meet the needs of these real hardworking Americans. As they build on the product by adding new features and expanding their capabilities, they continue to speak to business owners every day to find out what North One can do to make their lives easier. You can manage money and pay bills from anywhere, at home, on the go, wherever you need. Connect your account to the tools your business uses every day, like Stripe, Cash App, QuickBooks, and many more. Withdraw, deposit, cash, and ATMs nationwide, all for only $10 per month and absolutely no hidden fees. Again, that's $10 per month, no hidden fees. Sign up for a North One account in three minutes. Yes, just three minutes at northone.com. Business banking made for America. Today, this evening, we will start talking with number one, Jalen Hurts. He got his first career start against the New Orleans Saints. It was the Jalen Hurts Taysom Hill Bowl. And Jalen Hurts has grabbed life by the horns, and he is now the starting quarterback of the Eagles because he played well against a strong defense in the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I think I think he's he's not quite polished as a passer just yet, but the athleticism you get under center is, I mean, it's probably second really only to Lamar Jackson and right there with Kyler Murray. Uh, obviously, there's plenty of other other quarterbacks that are mobile, but Jalen Hurts really brings that that RPO offense to real life because he is a threat both ways. Uh, and, you know, I think he can get there as a passer. I think he can – he's like a, like a knockoff Dak Prescott, uh, I would say, as far as 
what he has for passing ability coming in. Obviously, we saw Dak progress really, really early and often uh, as a rookie and into his sophomore seasons. But I, I think Jalen, with time, can build on that. But he's not there, I don't think, to go out and throw it 50 times. And we're not looking for 450 yards and five touchdowns through the air. Obviously, that would be great. But this offense can be so dynamic when you have a playmaker like Hertz, when you have one of the best backs in space in the league in Miles Sanders. I mean, that opens up the entire offense. They really don't need to have big time wide receivers. Obviously, we need Jalen Rager to, you know, make big steps, big strides going forward. But you don't need to have the Julio Jones. You don't need to have the Calvin Johnson. When you have dynamic playmakers like that, it's going to get guys open because now you're going to have to have spies. You're going to keep, have to keep track of two really scary uh, weapons back there. So I, I do like Jalen Hurts moving forward. I, I think this is his job to hold unless he turns into a pumpkin. Honestly, I think what he brings on the ground just by itself is so scary to most defenses. I mean, look at what the Ravens are able to do. And Lamar Jackson has been very mediocre, if not bad, as a passer this year still scary as all hell on his on his legs and teams just can't really beat the Ravens so I think we can see Philly use Jalen Hurts in that same manner and um, honestly I think what he did this week really improved his value moving forward even though he wasn't great as a passer yeah and the Wentz contract actually helps Hurts because it's not like they can get can afford to get rid of Wentz and then draft a first-round quarterback. They're right. kind of stuck in this situation where they have to keep rostering Wentz, and Hurts is the better option right now. So they're going to go into 2021 with Hurts and with Wentz at quarterback, and Hurts is looking like the better option as of now. So, uh, you know, we always talk about in Superflex that if you have a job, and then it, you're golden, and you're basically worth a first. And Hurts... I'm more confident today than I was seven days ago that he's going to be the 2021 starter. And therefore I'd give up a late first for Hertz right now, just on the, the off chance that, you know, I'm right that he, you know, this young quarterbacks can, can vault in value once they, you know, have proven themselves long-term. But I will say that 106 rushing yards, not going to happen every week, True, but, yeah. but he can, you know, get in the, you know, 40 to 50 range pretty consistently. I mean, if um, he's getting a dozen, if he's getting a dozen rushes, though, I, I genuinely think we're going to see in that 60 range as, as a pretty consistent number. Yeah, for sure. So going back to last week, we talked about uh, less than a first, uh, more than a second. Are you now in the late first range for him? I think he has to be. I mean, are, are we taking guys like Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan over him still? Like that's purely rebuild versus a contender. If I, if I'm a contender, I, I think I might take the safety of Ryan and maybe yeah, I'll go, I'll go Ryan hurt Stafford on a contender. Okay, I, I'm probably honestly if I'm in a startup, I'm probably looking at Hertz in that in that group. I, I mean, he's going to have more long term value. I think obviously Matt Ryan is you know. Somewhat consistent as a fantasy producer. Matthew Stafford's all over the board, but still relatively undervalued and, and kind of lives in that in that grouping. So uh, I think the rushing floor of Jalen Hurts, like with Lamar Jackson in the years past, and um, people weren't big fans of that take either. For a lot of the people that had that similar take, that the rushing floor meant a hell of a lot more than his inability as a passer. He'll be fine as a passer 
it's the rushing floor that is everything. For sure. All right, let's move on to our, another young quarterback that might have a shot at being a long-term starter, but probably not. We have Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew uh, had a little bit of a rough start to the season, got injured, potentially hit an injury from Doug Marone, resulting in a benching once he was healthy from the injury. And now he's back. He uh, you know, came in in the middle of the game, went 18 of 31 for 178 yards and a touchdown, and some 22 yards rushing as well. Now... This is an audition that is not a good one. It's like it's like going on into an audition with like your arm tied behind your back. <laughs> um, and like in all likelihood, outside of Minshew winning three or four games and playing them out of the Justin Fields sweepstakes, he doesn't have much of a shot here. But I guess it's it's a, an audition to see can he be traded to a team where it's like Gardner Minshew or Mitchell Trubisky or Gardner Minshew or I don't know. Uh, you know, Matthew Stafford, I mean, that, that might be a bit of a stretch, but you know what I mean? Like put him in a place where he could compete with the starter um, where it isn't, you know, just, okay, Fields comes in and then takes his job. Yeah. I mean, it's very possible. He's a Ryan Fitzpatrick journeyman type where he's good enough to start for a lot of teams, but never good enough to stick. Uh, I think he's, he's just fine. I mean, obviously he's not a great quarterback, but he, he can hold his own. We, we've seen him do a lot with a little. And, you know, it, his I mean, his schedule early this season wasn't exactly the juggernauts uh, that you're having to face in some divisions. He had a lot of cupcake defenses to, to put up. A, I think he had three or four, four 300 yard games and a decent number of touchdowns, too. So, I mean, that's obviously, uh, you know, it, it helps with his numbers and, and padding the stats and helping him look a little bit better. But, even with that volume, you know, he's he stayed relatively efficient. And, yeah, the, I'm guessing the hidden injury thing probably didn't go over very well with the coaching staff. So it wasn't surprising that that he was out a little bit longer. Uh, and it's maybe it's possible he wasn't 100% quite yet. And they just wanted to keep losing with Mike Lennon, which that's a very easy thing to do when you have Mike Lennon lose. So Jake Luton obviously isn't the answer. Mike Lennon should be released at this point. Um, Gardner Minshew's value exists, I think, beyond this year. But as of right now, he is a short-term playoff streaming option only until further notice. I do think he's probably competing for a job or maybe a starter for the first few weeks in Jacksonville next year. That is, unless they somehow win the Trevor Lawrence um, <laughs> you know, extravaganza. Uh, even with Justin Fields, I think Minshew would probably start for a little bit. And then beyond that, now if they, if you're right and he happens to start winning games and now they're picking at like 8 or 10 or something crazy like that, um, then I think you could see him have a full season of starting under his belt if he's starting in front of uh, Trey Lance or a Mac Jones or a, a Zach Wilson. Uh, I think... I think you could definitely look and and very easily find at least one more year of of starting numbers and and with the weapons that Jacksonville has now, especially with the random surge of James Robinson, uh, there's it's not a bad offense overall. I mean, they've got fine weapons. Obviously, we we'd like to get more to DJ Chark. Keelan Cole continues to be a thing. Lavisca Chenault, I think, is going to turn into what we kind of wanted him to be at one point. Uh, even Colin Johnson's looking really nice. So there's a lot of outcomes for Gardner Minshew. Long-term starter, I don't believe, is one of them. 
but I still think there's more long-term value than just the next few weeks. And let's go south to Miami to talk about Lynn Bowden. Lynn Bowden, uh, former quarterback in Kentucky, former running back, former wide receiver. He's played them all, all the positions in the backfield for Kentucky, and now even a little bit for Miami. Played played a little bit of you know some wildcat type stuff as well yesterday or on Sunday. But I will say he played a lot more wide receiver than I expected him to play. He played the most snaps of any wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. He had seven catches for 82 yards, uh, along with one rush for two yards, which was the Wildcat snap. And I was impressed with what I saw from him uh, early on. I, I know that he's obviously had most of the season to basically learn and sit back, whether it be through, be through injury or trade or, you know, there's so, so many factors that have gone into why he hasn't contributed up until this point in the season. But uh, I was impressed with his, you know, coming out party of sorts and, it, there, there's not really a buy window here because it, it slammed shut. I think that people who who liked Bowden saw saw what they thought of him and then saw more, more than what they were expecting. And that's the case with Bowden. I think that he's probably worth like an early second at this point. That might be a little bit high, but Lynn Bowden, he's he's a guy to get excited about because. And the the one part where you aren't excited is that if you were hoping that Lynn Bowden would keep that running back tag on MFL, zero point zero point zero. <laughs> percent chance he will be a wide receiver on february 1st 2021 yeah no no question there this is kind of what i had hoped that jakeem grant would be used as in the miami offense um the throwback jarvis landry role if you will Uh, yeah i mean 11 catches on 13 targets over the last two weeks 123 yards didn't find the end zone quite yet but there's plenty of time for that he did look good and um, he did it against a pretty darn good Kansas City defense. Uh, obviously not, you know, they're not stopping everybody and holding them to nothing, but it's a decent defense. And he built off of his performance uh, against Cincinnati where he had four catches, caught all four of his targets. So he, he's looking pretty nice. Um, there was a lot of question marks of him coming out, what position he would play. Uh, I think the Sharps assumed it would be wide receiver. Many had hoped it would be running back, but essentially all he did was catch passes. So uh, at this point, he looks to be 100% wide receiver to me. He, he plays the position very well. And, you know, he's he's just a, he's a good football player. I think this may be one of those cases where, you know, a lot of times we see guys that are good football players not be great fantasy assets. I think he's a good football player that's going to be a serviceable fantasy asset. I don't think we'll ever see him be like a top a top 36 wide receiver. Um, but he definitely can be serviceable. I, I think he's, he's definitely, I mean, he's obviously in the top 50. I don't think I'm giving up a, a you know, a, a top 16 pick for him quite yet, but I think that's right on the, on the cusp of where, where it's headed. Uh, if we see one other, another game, especially against new England, it, it could be, uh, it could just be an upwards pointing arrow. For sure. And he's going to get the opportunity because it's not like the, the Dolphins are flush with weapons. Parker hasn't had the year that he had in 2019, um, as evidenced by the fact that Lynn Bowden outsnapped him. <laughs> but, right. you know, uh, not, not saying Bowden's the number one wide receiver in the, of the future in Miami. They're going to invest at, at wide receiver as well. But I I, I like Bowden long term is what I'm trying to say. You know, also I like long term our friends over at Indeed. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. 
Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time. There are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore's total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you with the quality hire that you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All righty, let's move on to another rookie wide receiver, and it is one that uh, Dan Seno has once called him, uh, I believe it was frying pan hands. Um, He's got hands like feet. Hands like feet. Um, <laughs> Just still uh, true. Those hands like feet caught some passes, some some long passes. Two. This pa- two passes, yeah, two <laughs> passes. But averaging 43, th- 43 yards per catch on those two catches with is – that, is that two touchdowns? Two That's touchdowns. Right. Not, not, right. not a bad little day. Two catches, 86 yards, and two touchdowns for K.J. Hamler. Uh, he was a guy I was all over in rookie drafts because he was going as a very late pick in rookie drafts but was a second-round wide receiver. I know people think that, oh, well, Broncos were oversaturated. They got Corlin Sutton. They got Jerry Jude. I don't care. Players drafted that highly get the ball, as evidenced by K.J. Hamler getting the ball here. Um, once again, this kind of goes back to your previous point where it's like, Good player might not be the best fantasy asset. KJ Hamler is going to be a good NFL player. How often you're going to put him in a lineup is a little bit of a different story, uh, especially when there's Cortland Sutton in the lineup. Especially, I mean, let's assume that the Broncos aren't going to get a great quarterback anytime soon. Hopefully they do. Hopefully they get someone to support Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and Hamler on the side a little bit. But uh, Hamler is a talented player, and he showed that upside this past week. But his situation around him isn't conducive to fantasy. True, yeah. I mean, it's the guys like Hamler, Ruggs, Mike Williams kind of fits that mold. They're big splash play guys. When they hit, they go off. When they're not good, they're real bad. And, I mean, that's just the nature of the beast with the big with the big play guys. Again, a really nice best ball asset. We t- I talk about it all the time with like, the exact same guys in – for some reason, a lot of people just keep buying into them in, in lineup setting leagues, which is fine. There's upside there. The problem is you have Cortland Sutton coming back in 2021. Jerry Judy is on what I would assume will be the rise. He's still one of the best wide receivers in this class. And Hamler's a great athlete. I still think he's pretty mediocre as a wide receiver overall. We saw him get Uh, all sorts of volume. I think it was week nine and week 10. And he did very little with, let me hold on. Let me look here. looks like 20 targets between week nine and 10. 
caught half of them for 125 yards. So not completely useless, just not super efficient, not great quarterbacking, obviously. And he is still a rookie. I would just like to see when he's getting the volume to take advantage of it like he did this week. Two meaningful targets and took him two of three and took him to the house. Both of them right around that 40-yard mark for, for distance. I think one of them was actually almost 50 yards. And then last week, he had more targets, did less with that. And, it, you know, a lot of it's going to be the quarterback play in the short term. So if they can get a, a real quarterback that can support two and a half wide receivers, we could see Hamler find some real value. I just struggle giving up any real value for what will probably forever be a wide receiver three in an NFL offense, which probably makes him like a wide receiver six or seven in fantasy, which sometimes you can find a little bit of value in. You kind of have to lean on bye weeks and injuries and, uh, you know, certain, certain matchups, I guess. It's, it's just tough for me to find big time value in guys like Hamler, guys like Henry Ruggs, guys like Mike Williams, where you never know when they're going to hit, but when they do, it's massive. And then when they don't, you're dead. It's a it's a three space. All right, let's move on to another rookie. Been a rookie heavy show today. We have Cam Akers. Been a popular topic on the show in recent weeks, and he went for his third straight game of points in the teens with his career high of twenty one point four fantasy points, hundred and seventy one yards on the ground, twenty three yards through the air. It appears that he is finally the RB1 in Los Angeles for the Rams. Daryl Henderson is in the rearview mirror. He's getting the opportunity that he needs to, you know, break off some of those big runs and 29 carries. <laughs> Definitely where you'd like to see it as far as a fantasy manager. So I know you are a Acres not fan. Um, were you impressed by last Thursday night? Do uh, you, you think these games are just going to be occasional for him? What, do you, what are your thoughts? Well, obviously, the the game script was conducive to him having a bunch of, of touches. I don't think anyone expected him to get over 20 um, with Daryl Anderson back. I, I think Malcolm Brown was in the lineup and playing a New England team that I think 45 donutted the, the Chargers the week prior. So um, I'm guessing most people didn't expect it. I most certainly didn't. But I suppose when you have running lanes like the L.A. running backs seem to have had uh, pretty much all year against most defenses, you're going to be able to do that kind of stuff. There were a few uh, a few of the runs where he genuinely looked impressive, and, and I saw the potential I did see. I just always thought he was a project back. I still think he's a project back. But if he doesn't have to have the vision to find these holes and they're going to make them for him, that's a completely different story. The, the Rams' offensive line has been playing very well. Jared Goff has been playing good enough to keep the defense at bay. Obviously, having guys like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, uh, Van Jefferson now, Josh Reynolds even a little bit, some decent tight ends in the middle, and Tyler Higby and or not yeah Tyler Higby and um, Gerald Everett. There's plenty of weapons for defenses to have to worry about to to create space for these running backs. Uh, I still think Daryl Henderson will have a role, assuming he's healthy. Malcolm Brown, I think you can send off into the sunset, but. This is probably the point of, of no return as far as Akers being the 1A or just the RB1 here uh, overall without any real competition for, for big-time touches from the others. I would just like to see him create more on his own 
which should come with time. Um, but sometimes vision isn't something that that you gain more of as you as you grow as a back. You know, there's there's other things you can teach and and they can learn. But vision seems to be one of those things that you either have or you don't have as far as reading a defense, seeing lanes, seeing openings. Um, but again, if he's got the red sea parted for him, he's going to go crazy on team because he's he's such a good athlete that it's really hard to slow him down once he gets going. Alrighty, let's move on to a Steelers wide receiver check-in. Deontay Johnson had a poor performance on Sunday Night Football, and Juju continues to be inconsist- inconsistent week to week. And James Washington showed himself a little bit when he got the touchdown after the Deontay Johnson benching. So, uh, oh, and Chase Claypool, you know, continues to be up and down as well. So, uh, I guess the, the the main value shifter here is is Deontay Johnson. And there's comparisons to early career Devontae to any sort of any bad wire Devin Funches. Um, so where are we at on Deontay Johnson? I've always been kind of lukewarm on him saying any guy who's getting this much targets should be doing something with him. And Deontay Johnson often is not. So what are your thoughts on him? Uh, well, our good friend Jeff Miller once told me that drops aren't a problem until they are. Drops are indicative of volume. <laughs> it started to look real bad uh, this week. He, what do you have, three drops, four? He had a lot. It was bad. Uh, I mean, the volume is still there, and he's such a great playmaker that I don't see a real big issue. Obviously, the drops can become a problem because he did get benched, and and that's kind of what we're, we're worried about is, is when the drops do become a problem, Drops are a problem. Otherwise, for the most part, and especially with guys like him who are getting all of these targets, it's volume-based. So uh, I don't have a huge worry with Deontay Johnson. I do think he has been pretty much always overvalued aside from early rookie drafts. I think that was really the only time he was probably undervalued. And then as soon as we found out the landing spot, you know, people started – finding out the bloodlines, who he was related to, and now all of a sudden, well, who's going to be wide receiver two in Pittsburgh? Well, it's probably going to be Deontay Johnson. Um, I I think he got overvalued really quickly. I think everyone forgot about James Washington, who is still, in his own right, a pretty darn good wide receiver. And Claypool, to me, is going to be the most volatile of the bunch, not quite as volatile as the Henry Ruggs, the KJ Hamlers, the Mike Williams, but I do think he either goes big or goes home. And then you have Juju Smith-Schuster, who just kind of under the radar all season has been pretty good. He hasn't been amazing. He hasn't been lights out, but he's been pretty good. Um, I know I had the take on the offseason and even a little bit during the season that he would be the wide receiver um, that didn't return, that they they found a way to trade or or – you know, didn't pick up the option, whatever it happened to be. And I'm starting to to think maybe that's not the case. I think I think they like having the wealth at the position of wide receiver because defenses really don't have a way to stop four good wide receivers. They don't really have a way to stop three good wide receivers. So I think these guys are all going to have to coexist for a little while. I think Juju is by far the safest, and he's right up there with the highest ceiling. I think Claypool has the highest ceiling of all of them, 
And Deontay Johnson, to me, is going to fall into that Jarvis Landry kind of space where people are going to start to hate him because he's either not going crazy, scoring touchdowns, or he's having tons of drops. But Jarvis Landry never had a ton of drops. But I feel like he can get into that lots of targets for minimal yards kind of stage where he just becomes Big Ben's dump-off option. I will say that as the offseason approaches, uh, every there, this is a, a pretty deep, at least very top-heavy uh, free agency RC class. And how would Juju look in the South Florida Aqua with uh, Tua? <laughs> now that, that would be fun. I'm all on board for that one. <laughs> all right. Let's go and talk about our friends over at Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined down the league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get, get you ready for game day, no matter how much you watch. Because right now, an ice cold Pepsi may just be the best part about watching the Buccaneers. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. And let's go into some, we went from the Steelers wide receivers to the Cowboys running backs. As the season has gone on, not that we weren't expecting greatness out of Ezekiel Elliott in the post-Dak era this season. But we have seen far from even goodness from one Ezekiel Elliott so far. So, and we've seen some nice play from Tony Pollard. So how much of the no Dak era are you blaming on Zeke's 2020 season? Uh, I think it's equal parts no Dak and not healthy. To me, it's pretty clear that he hasn't been healthy for a while. Uh, I think right in that week six-ish range is when he when he got injured, and he really hasn't looked right since. You know, he had a decent game against Minnesota in week eleven, but aside from that, he just he hasn't looked like explosive Ezekiel Elliott breaking tackles, and and I haven't seen him feed himself in a while, which is interesting. So yeah, I, I just don't think he's a hundred percent. No, Dak is is brutal. But Andy Dalton, aside from the first week, is serviceable. I mean, we've seen him with a little bit of success with Cincinnati. With all of the weapons here, he should be mostly fine. And, you know, it's they need Zeke healthy, but this year doesn't really matter. So, I, you know, if they, if they had playoffs to look forward to this year, which I guess in the NFC East they still possibly could, but they're probably just going to let him play if he's even halfway healthy because they have no reason to to hold him back. Uh, they also don't really have a reason to play him, but it's the Cowboys. So they're going to, they're going to run this man into the earth. I fear. And, and, you know, Tony Pollard has started to take a little bit of work still hasn't really been super relevant. I know a lot of people thought he was going to be, uh, you know, a one B in this offense or a usable RB two, kind of like what we see with Kareem Hunt in Cleveland. And he's had some games where he's getting double digit touches, but it's 
it's just not they're not good touches it seems it always it always seems like it goes for nothing i think he's got a couple of touchdowns on the year and you know he's fine i still think he's a serviceable backup but he's definitely not he's not in any any real opportunity to take zeke's job from zeke yeah i was looking at you know his two double digit point games in the last four weeks both of them are inflated by a, a touchdown in each game. So it's not like he was going for 100 yards in either of those games. Um, yeah, I, I certainly expected more from Pollard, especially in a in a year where where Zeke hasn't been as good. But Cowboys are at least I thought I thought Pollard has been better, but he wasn't. He hasn't been, and so he hasn't really taken advantage of any sort of you know opportunity that, that a lack of Zeke or disappointing play from Zeke has has produced. So uh, that's interesting from Pollard. Um, and yeah, with Zeke. I did ha- I rarely have shares of, you know, high-end running backs in Dynasty. It's not really what I do. But, you know, anytime you can sell now, I would try. And But also, it's probably too late. Like, you know, a few weeks ago, he was selling for Antonio Gibson. I don't think you can get Antonio Gibson right now. So, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how his value – and his value is, if we're talking about pure stock market, December 14th, 2020 – this is the lowest Zeke's value will be until at least September 2021. If we get to September 2021 and either Dak comes back and the Cowboys have a different quarterback, whoever it is, if we get to that point and then Zeke still looks bad, that's when his value craters like we've seen from Todd Gurley and Leonard Fournette and these other backs. But he does have a floor of a value that's this. He's not lowering in value between now and September 2021. Right, and I think it's it's league based, very situational as far as buying and selling. Uh, that name still goes a long way in a lot of places. Obviously, if you're playing in a in a league with a bunch of sharp owners, you're not going to be able to move them for what you would have been able to move them for a few months ago. And um, that's fine. I, I'm just fine holding on to Zeke. I, I think buying him now might even be a decent opportunity if you are playing in those leagues because maybe some of these guys are thinking, hey, if I can get out from under this guy for a top 40 player or something crazy like that, or a first round pick and try to get any value now while I can, there's a lot of guys thinking like that guys and gals. So, you know, it it might be a good time to buy. I don't think this is, this is the Zeke we expect in the future. Obviously no major injury is, is causing this. It's just, you know, some, (laughs) some little stuff that he's not really getting the opportunity to sit and rest. So, it's going to slow him down. And, you know, you mentioned the the Fournette and the Gurley. I think we're a couple of years away from that yet before we see the the big slowdown. And, again, Gurley's had the major injuries. Leonard Fournette had upteen trillion carries in college and, and mashed his head against the wall in Jacksonville for four years so or three years. So it, I think Zeke's a little a little bit different in, in, in that regard and not having the um, – the major, major injury, I guess, at this point to, to hold him back. I I still think we've got plenty of life left in Zeke and they paid him so much that it's really hard to justify not pounding him into the ground. All right, let's wrap up with a surprise, a guy who I wasn't expecting putting on this list, but it is one Robert Tanyan who is playing himself into being a top five tight end, at least from a points perspective in 2020. First, for many years, we've been doing this podcast for like six years now, and I feel like every year we're trying to find the Packers tight end. And ha- have we found it? 
is, is, is it. it is it Robert Tanyan? This is it, man. We are here. Everyone, everyone, buckle up, but but get ready for this. It's been since what? Jermichael Finley. We've we've been searching for someone that that can genuinely be a target for Aaron Rodgers to score points. Yeah, and he has been scoring points. He's got uh, in his last four games at least four catches and a touchdown in each of those games. Pretty impressive for a tight end, which is how you get into being the tight end for at this point. That is with tight end premium scoring, so I don't know what he is in non-premium, but I'm sure I'm assuming that it's fairly similar either way. But with with Tanyan, we, we I was talking about buying TJ Hawkinson because I'm always like, okay, might as well just buy the more expensive guy. Like, and it might not be the case today, but like, what do you think you could have bought Tanyan for six days ago? Like, oh, early third, and like, is it even has it even changed that much? Like, are do Tanyan owners know how well he's been playing? Because I am a Tanyan, you know, person who has Tanyan on his team, and I didn't know. <laughs> I maybe not, man. It's possible you can still buy him for peanuts. It, it never hurts to try assuming you aren't past your trade deadline or you have to wait a couple of weeks until your championship goes. But yeah, I mean, he's got nine touchdowns, so we'll probably see him finish up in the 650, 700 yard range, which is kind of our, our fringe for tight end ones. But then you pack on what'll probably be like 12 ish touchdowns. Yeah. I, I would say he's got big time value and should be relatively successful, assuming that the Packers stick with him and, Seems like Rodgers likes him. Seems like he fits really nicely in the offense. And he's 26. So he's tight end prime. This is, we're, we're ready to go here. It's, it's third season, big boy breakout. He's He's got the years on him and not a whole lot of tread has been used. I think he's played, he's played a few games over, over time, but I don't think he's ever really been used all that much. So um I think Tanyan is is I mean he's obviously in the tight end one conversation not overall but top twelve no doubt I would assume right yeah yeah for sure I mean it it's still I'm still looking towards you know those high draft capital guys like Mike Gusecki and Dallas Goddard and Noah Fan I still would have a hard time even with Tanyan's 2020 production put, taking him over those guys but once you get past Goddard and Fan and Hawkinson and Andrews like. You know, you get to, like, the tight end eight, tight end nine, and that's about where he fits. Yeah, he's just scoring so many points that it's really hard to not think that this is going to continue, honestly. I mean, he's – what did you say? He's a tight end four, tight end three, something like he's, that? He, he's, he's the tight end four and tight end premium. I mean, that's that's crazy. Uh, I don't – I mean, obviously no one would have seen that coming, but like you said, we've been chasing Packers tight ends for years, and – I think this is the one that sticks. I, I think you've got to have them in that top 10-ish range. You know, your top tier, your elite tier is still pretty locked in. That that next tier of, like, your your Darren Wallers and, and guys like that. I think Robert Tanyan fits in with that group. Yep. I think that's about what where it fits as well. Let's wrap the show by talking about ourselves, Rotoviz. Uh, it's the prime time. It's the Christmas season, folks. You know what your wife, your husband, your son, your daughter, you know what they all want in their stocking this year? A Rotoviz subscription. And in order to get a Rotoviz subscription, you can get 10% off by using promo code 2020RVRADIO 
and you support the podcast. So you're putting uh, some guilt in my pocket. You're putting some uh, gifts on Dan's kids. It's the wonderful season. 2020 RV Radio. Gift yourself. Gift yourself. Gift your your spouse. Gift whoever you want a Rotoviz subscription. Heck, I'll even give you permission. You can share your Rotoviz subscription with your spouse. So if you buy it for yourself, you can give your wife the password. Do you know what? what do you know what a really easy way to pay for your Rotoviz subscription would be? <laughs> what, what would that be, Dan? <laughs> if you go on, right on over to bet online for a little bit of fun. Football is still in full swing. The season's almost over. And you may not have made it to a game and you may not plan on going to any, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching prompts, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Head on over to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use our promo code, that's BLUEWIRE, at betonline.ag. Again, promo code BLUEWIRE, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All righty, that should do it for this evening. Uh, if you didn't lose all your playoff games in Week 14, uh, good luck in Week 15. Uh Dan, are we playing in Kadoosh? Because that's my only league left. <laughs> uh, no, we are. Well, you were the one seed somehow. Oh. I was the oh, two. Oh, you're the two seed. seed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we we will hopefully meet in uh, another week. <laughs> well, if if this year's any indication, there's no chance that's happening. <laughs> we'll see you in the toilet bowl next year. <laughs> All righty. Before we head out, any last words, Dan? No. Make sure to head on over to northone.com. Visit our friends. Get your business banking going, and uh, again, it just takes a couple of minutes, and it's only ten dollars a month. That'll do it. Kadoosh. Wash your hands. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.